0: Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Good morning, everybody. Donkey Diebold for lack of drums. We were talking about drumming. It is his first time back in the band in a long time. Thank you for lack of drums. Um, It is a great privilege, not one I volunteered for, probably ever will volunteer for, but it's a great privilege Um, to encourage you this morning I believe it will be encouraging eventually maybe not in the beginning I'll just be honest Um, yes, I'm Izon, I work at the church office I um, have a husband, Alex he's the handsome guy that does announcements every now and again for everybody that didn't know that we are connected because we don't see each other, so we don't see each other together anymore it's funny like that um, and we have two kids, two girls. It's Laura 's birthday in seven sleeps. They cannot go any faster. Um, yes, it's going to be great. Thank you, Annie. Where are you? Oh, there you are. I shouldn't have seen you. He's hiding. He should hide. I tell Hedy to hide when I'm here. Um, thank you for trusting me with space and for your support. let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, um, it is our joy to be in your presence. Uh, Thank you that you invite us in, uh, that we're never shut out of your presence. We're always welcome. Thank you for your word, and thank you that today your word will shine its light, as Louis mentioned, on those dark areas, and that you will illuminate, that you will change us, and you will make us more like Jesus. Amen. So, in the beginning of the year, God spoke to me, um, I get one-line phrases um, as my year lines, uh, and this year he said to me, dig deep, and I thought, ugh, <laughs> yay, <laughs> sounds exhilarating. If you know my garden, you cannot dig deep. The soil in my garden is undiggable, so my immediate response is, "Kani." Can't be done, um, but he said, "Dig deep," uh, and I'll read a scripture to you now. Um, so, when it happened that my name was on uh, the list for today, I was praying in the week, and um, this God reminded me of this digging deep uh, again, um, and he also, rem- showed me that. We all know we're we're running a race. We're enduring all the way to the end until he comes to fetch us, um, or we die. Um, And in a race, you have a pack, and you have stuff in your pack that need to keep you through the race. And from time to time, there are tables with potatoes and glucose drinks and water and whatever uh, to stock you up for the next stretch. And I believe uh, today is a a stop at one of these tables because we're running low on fuel. Our backpacks are empty, our water bottles are empty, uh, and we're worried we're not going to make it for the stretch that is to come. Uh, And God, in his wisdom, has come to place, I believe, a table for us with some solid food to restock um, for the next stretch So that's the big idea uh, for the day. But I'm going to read to you in Isaiah 33. I'm going to read from verse 2. Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in times of stress. At the uproar of your army, the peoples flee. When you rise up, the nations scatter. Your plunder, O nations, is harvested as by young locusts. Like a swarm of locusts, people pounce on it. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with his justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Some translations say "is a treasure from him. So the context of this Um, is in 2 Kings, 18, 19-ish, when the Assyrian army comes up to Judah and Jerusalem and says, Tell your king we're coming for you. If you haven't noticed, we've wiped all the other nations that surround you, and we've wiped their gods. So if your king wants to call on your god, let me just show you our track record. That's what they're coming to the walls of the city to. And they're shaking in their boots because the Assyrian army was big and strong and had a massive track record of wiping people, people groups. So King Hezekiah gets this, I don't know if it's a warning letter or a, you know, respond to my demands kind of letter, and he puts sackcloth, his morning clothes on, not mo- good morning, cry morning clothes on, and goes to the temple. And he says, God... This is the demands that are against us. Help. That's what he does. And then Isaiah comes and says to him, God has heard your prayer. God has heard you. And then the part that you probably know is the angel of the Lord that comes and kills 185,000 people. Boom. That's probably the part that we know. But it was preceded by this frightful time for the people in Judah But God was in control. And Hezekiah responded appropriately. He didn't go and count his army or make sure he had stock of everything. He went to the storehouse, to the temple. And he laid it before God. And he trusted him wholeheartedly because if God didn't do anything, they would have been wiped. So, my question is where do we go? What is our foundation? Where is our store? Do we have anything in the store? So the three things that I want to highlight first in this latter part of the scripture, verse six, um, is that God says He is a sure foundation; He is a rich store, and access to this is through the fear of the Lord. So we know that, similar to what Judah was going through at the time, it was it was stressful; they were in distress. As this Scripture places or puts it we 're in times of distress we 're in times of worry and concern and unknowns and, and many things that that keep our minds occupied and our hearts anxious, but God says he 's a sure foundation. The only way for us to know if the foundation we 're building on is strong is if a storm comes. You remember the story Jesus told about building the house on the sandy land or on the rock. You don't have children. It's a song. Don't build your house on the sandy land. Great song. Um, Sing it. No. You sing. I speak. Um, If we build on the sand, it's fine until the storm comes. It's beautiful. It stands. It looks wow until the storm comes. Are we building on sand or are we building on rock? God says he's a sure foundation. Are we building on him or are we building on other things that we think will stand um, when the storm comes? A foundation is only tested in times of storms, in times of distress. He says he's a rich store. He's not a store He's a rich store, implies he's a more than enough store. He's got everything that we need and more store for us. Again, when it's going well and you have access to the shops, you're fine. You don't have to check your, your store. But if you can't go to the store, like many of the people we know in the past months could not do, you have to check your cupboards. Do you have enough to carry you through the distressful time? do you have in your storehouse? God says he's a rich store a more than enough store so the question we're asking is do we one, have access to the store, yes we do I'll tell you now how we access that store, but also currently if you're thinking of your foundation and the store, the treasure that he's saying he is is it full in your life? Do we have to walk in times of distress, to keep us filled in times of distress? The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure, the treasure, the rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. I'm going to mention a little bit more about that in a minute. I just want to talk about the store, the insides of the store, the salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. Salvation implies I need to be saved from something. I don't know about you, but we are in danger, and Jesus came to save us. That's the gospel. We were in danger. Our sin kept us away from him. We were on our way to hell. Jesus came, and he saved us and added us to his family. Others need to be saved too. Many are in danger of the same danger you and I were in. Many are in danger. Um, I want to tell you a story. It's a sobering story, so gird your loins. My neighbor passed away a couple of weeks ago, maybe maybe a month or two ago. Um, we'd been neighbors for about 18 months, um, and she was a nice, nice lady. Uh, we got on well, um, but uh, and we've had some times that we could have a conversation here or there, but they were more than one occasion where I just had this prompting, I should invite her over for for lunch soon. And I thought, ugh, I really don't want to invite anyone over for lunch. I actually just don't want to invite anyone. It's, It's too big of an effort now. I'd prefer to be in my comforts. And at the Sunday morning we had a over the balcony conversation, and two days later, she died. Uh, And what was more sobering to me was I later heard that uh, the time of her death was when I was awake in my kitchen, preparing breakfast and school lunches. Um, And I was overwhelmed. I don't know what word to use. Because if there wasn't the last-ditch effort from her side... If Jesus didn't save her in that minute before she died, she's not with him. And I had opportunity multiple times to have impact in her life. But it was an effort, and I didn't want effort. We cannot afford to waste opportunities anymore. People we love, people we don't love yet all that much, we, we can't waste opportunities anymore. Uh, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't waste your opportunities to share the gospel with people around you. It has eternal impact. I very soberly learned again. Um, what else is in the store? Wisdom is in the store. I told you it'll be a bit rough, and then it'll I'll bring it up, I promise. Don't, don't become depressed. It's not depressing. It's just sobering. Big difference between depressing and sobering. Hold, hold tight. Wisdom is the second thing he mentions in his rich store. It implies there's lots of wisdom. James 1.5 says God gives wisdom liberally. There's lots of it for us. I think in wisdom, it implies a discernment as well. And I'm not saying a discernment, I can see demons and angels. That's not what I'm saying. We must, in these times, be able to discern rightly what is going on around us in line with what the Word is saying. We have to be able to rightly divide the Word of Truth. We have to be able to recognize our times and respond appropriately to them. That's discernment. The church must be able to learn what, what Jesus sounds like and what he doesn't sound like because the enemy is an angel of light, not an angel of dark. Light implies I want to come. It looks promising. He never comes blatantly to come and lie to you. He comes with a side. Deception is Difficult. You don't know you're deceived until you're properly deceived. And I believe these times, I've said it so many times, that to discern is something we must actively be asking God to grow us up in. And I, I believe the only way we know how to or grow in our discernment, um, our wisdom, is by what my, the third thing in the storehouse is knowledge. How do we know what's true? We measure it against truth. What is truth? The Word is truth. Jesus, the Word of God. So we can't discern things unless we know things. So we have to know the Word. I realize I've become complacent with the Word. Any, where's that scripture again about the whatever, whatever, or Google, Google a phrase, you know, you all do that. Google a phrase, you just don't know where it is in the Bible right now, but it says something about, and then you can type in three words, and poops, comes 40 options for you, and you'll find it. And if you don't find it, you'll find something that's substitutionary fine. It'll work. And you encourage your friend. We all do it. I believe the time is coming where that is not going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. We need to change our relationship with the Word of God drastically. If we want to say the times that we walk into, we have a rich store, we have the elements in that rich store. It's not going to be okay to ask Alex, who just always knows where the scripture is. So it's easy. I can just ask him. It's not okay anymore. I have to change my relationship with the word. A couple of weeks ago when Henny was preaching, some of you might remember he made us memorize the scripture at the end of the service. Do you remember that? I was like, Ugh. no. It's a sobering moment for me when I, in this week, just realized I can't be complacent with a word like that. Can't If I don't have the Word in me, there is no way I can rightly divide what is going on and what God is saying to us, to me. To know what is right in this moment and what is not. What one person is sharing or passing along when you're watching and you're going, "Mm mm-mm, no, that's not what the Word says. I can't go, "Mm mm-mm, no, if I don't know what the Word says. If the foundation... Isn't built properly. Salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. Our swords are blunt. We can't wield blunt swords. Blunt swords. We need to sharpen them. The word of God is a lamp to our feet. No lamp. Can't walk. Don't know where to go. I want to tell you a, a short testimony of a changing relationship with the Word. Uh, last year, I went through a weird time of ang- like weird anxiety, irrational fear anxieties, like crazy things. Um, just thoughts that would come out of nowhere, powerful thoughts that threw me off center completely. And it would come in the middle of dinner or as I'm brushing my teeth, just these bombarding thoughts and I was incredibly anxious, Um, and it kind of went on and on and on for a while, and I kept going, God, surely, am I missing something? Am I unrepentant about something? Is there something wrong where I'm scratching everywhere to see what am I doing wrong? (laughs) Why? Why is this not going away? And the one evening, we were actually taking care of your house at the time. Well, your dog, it wasn't your house. It's only your dog. I love her dog. Um, and it, it happened again out of, out of nowhere. I just felt this, my heart racing. If you've ever had anxiety, you will know what I'm saying. Um, and I said to Alex, just excuse me for a little while. And I went into their study, and I sat with the word, and I said, it, I don't know what to do anymore. I need you. Just tell me what to do. And I felt Jesus' words saying, I give you my peace. And I said, yes, I've been praying for your peace. Because peace must take away my anxiety, my irrational fears. Um, And then I realized, but hang on, that's not just words he's saying, that's actually in the Bible. Um, And I... By the grace of God found it in that time. John 14, 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And I was like, yes, my heart is troubled. It's afraid. That's exactly what I was going through. And then, and Jesus says, I give you my peace. And I was like, oh. And in that moment, I was delivered of this anxiety, irrational fear thing. I was just, the word of God. Not Alex praying, my friend praying. Someone They probably prayed at some stage. But it wasn't a, me and a person, help my now. It was me and the word. And God could speak to me through his word and change something in my heart immediately. I had not experienced that kind of uh, irrational fear thing since. It's been a year at least. I don't know. When were you away? I don't know. Almost a year maybe. God's word is powerful. It's sharp. And it can deliver us and free us. Anyway, about the fear of the Lord. This key to the treasure to the storehouse. Henny preached a sermon the end of last year, uh, November 2020, uh, on the fear of the Lord. My, My nice side wants to go, I'd encourage you to go and listen to that. My real side is going, go and listen to that, even if you've listened to it before. Go and remind yourself about the fear of the Lord. It's on podcast, if you don't know where it is, I will send you the link personally. You can find it with me. So I'm not going to go into the full aspects of the fear of the Lord. I am going to say that these times that we've been ebbing and flowing through, these periods of isolation and less isolation and more isolation and less isolation, I wrote in my journal last year, isolation is the breeding ground for sin. And I thought, boof, it's not my wise words. I'm, dang, I'm not clever like that. Um, and I, I was reading through it this week, um, and I thought, yo, for me, the times that we've been apart in a greater way, no one will know that I didn't really spend time with God. No one will know I neglected my quiet times. No one will know that this one's been binging on series day in and day out. No one will know that you're giving more than what is really right to your boss or to your workplace. No one will know that you've lost your disciplines. I've lost my disciplines. No one will know because no one's coming to your house. You're not being accountable anymore. We don't have to have people deep involved in our lives because I can keep you over there and just show you my good foot. Is that a. My best side. I don't know how you say that in English. I don't have to be accountable. Or I can be accountable where I want to be accountable. Because you won't, you won't know any better anyway. You're not coming over anymore. And many of us are weary of allowing people back into our lives because we actually went, this is fine. I'm, I'm okay. I can dull my worry and my whatever with the series or the computer or the whatever, my work, I can dull my senses. I can dull the knock on my door from the Lord. He's on. We need to talk about this. I don't want to talk about it, God. I'll watch a story. I'll go to work. I'll do something else. So we don't have to. It's a frightening thing when we realize these things that we put Uh, our attention to, and then later becomes our comforts, um, also become idols in our lives. An idol is something you place above God. It can be something as small as coffee and as big as whatever. God wants to cleanse us. Um, He will never be okay to share space with idols, ever. If you've ever read your Old Testament... (laughs) I've been in Kings, Ask Rochelle, freaked out every day about the next king and how horrible and useless this next king was. How can he not see? I look at my life and I go, how can you not see the idols, the high places you've built where you're worshipping? And it's not God you're worshipping. God wants to tear down the high places, the altars in our lives that... Are not built for him and for our worship. For him, he wants to cleanse us, clean us up. There is a very big reason. It's not that God needs our worship; it's that we need to worship Him. He knows what we need and our disciplines that have taken shots. We need to go Neil, I'm, I'm, I can't. I'm bad. I've lost this ability, and Neil must go. He's honest. We'll figure it out again. We'll find the discipline again. We'll get there. No one's perfect. None of us are perfect. Henny is not perfect. <gasps> Henny is not perfect. I am not perfect. People standing at a pulpit on TV are not perfect. No one is perfect. We all miss it. We all go through times when we realize, ooh, and we have to regroup. But we must go to God, like Louis was sharing. It's, he was mentioning times of, of distress and, and uh, just incredible times of heartache and sorrow and sin. Dark places in our lives that he wants to shine his light on. And he's gracious to do that. This very week, I was fighting with God. I was saying, why aren't you just smiting me or pointing fingers at me or telling me how bad I am? Why? I deserve that. Just, if you just shout at me. Then I'll know how serious you are, that I'm really bad. Because I know that I'm really bad. And I just kept hearing, it's not how I do it. It's not me. That's not me. So I'm so thankful, Louis, for that you shared that. God is gracious, so merciful. He's so slow to anger. We must respond. We have an opportunity to respond. The fear of the Lord is the key to the store. A specific relationship is the key to the store. Our relation to God has to be the fear of the Lord, front and center, for us to access the store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. We need to ask God to, for an awareness Of the things that are placed higher than he is in our lives. And not just in awareness, but we need to ask him for a hatred, for a a disdain for this thing that we have placed above him. Henny mentioned also that other time, imagine you building an altar that looks or a a wooden thing that looks just like Jesus, and you bow down before it. Is that worshipping Jesus? No, it's a false Jesus. Um We have to ask him. Mezen also said last week, God gives us the ability. We're all messed up, but if we ask him, I don't want to like this so much. I don't want to find so much comfort in this. He will help us to see it for what it is and realign us uh, to him. God spoke to Abraham and said to him, I... I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your treasure. Not these things. It's the truth still today. I want to just a final thought on this treasure foundation uh, concept. A foundation is underground. Um, treasures are generally underground. If you've ever watched the pirate movie. The keys, you go find the keys to the treasure and dig for the treasure. It's all underground. And in Luke six, I I mentioned it earlier. It's forty seven to forty nine. Jesus is saying, "As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they're like. They're like a man building a house who, check this, dug deep, down deep, dug down deep." laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it, because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. If we want to build on the rock we need to dig for the rock he's a sure foundation a rich store of salvation wisdom and knowledge the fear of the lord is the key to the treasure to the storehouse in colossians 2 I was 2 to 3 It says, my goal is that they, I'm going to just change the word there. My goal is that we may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that we may know the full riches of complete understanding in order that we may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is the treasure. He is the store, the foundation. It requires a change in our relationship, our relating to Him to access this, for us to properly live in the fear of the Lord, to access what He has for us. It is freely available. Christ paid for it. We don't have to pay for the keys anymore. The fear of the Lord is the, is the key. It has been paid for for us to access freely. So my encouragement to us is that the time where we can just fill up our backpacks with jelly sweeties and wine gums is over. We need solid food. We need real, long-lasting, dense calories, whatever to run and endure for the next phase of the race. God wants to equip us. Our times are troubling. He's not. He's a sure foundation. If we're built on him, we can do anything in troubled times. But we cannot do it alone and in isolation. We can't. We will not make it. We have to be alongside each other. Encouraging, being accountable, going. Mm-mm. How's that going? That thing you have a problem with, that struggling you have with your quiet time, whatever. It's important questions. I hate the question, "How's your heart is on?" Hate that question. Please don't ask me that question. But it's a valuable question to ask. Just change the wording, maybe. For me, at least. <laughs> That's all I wanted to share with us this morning. I want to pray for us. Father, it's sobering thoughts, Lord, for us to be confronted with um, entering the darker or the hidden areas in our lives. It's hard for us to go there, Lord, to, to recognize that we're not building firm foundations, that we're not digging deep into who you are, our treasure, that we're digging in, into other things, that we're spending a lot of effort um, on building on wrong foundations. It's hard for us, Lord. and We're so sorry we do that, God. We're so sorry we, we choose frivolous things above you. That, that my TV show is more appealing to me than the word, God. It's, it's, a, it's a frightening thought. And this morning, God, we want to repent of where we do that, God. Of where we, we look at the things in our lives and, and see them as more exciting than you are. God, please forgive us. Please forgive us. And help us by your spirit to desire the things that you are, you have. To want to be with you, to want to eat your word, God, creating us a proper appetite. We recognize you on a skill and, and prepare us for, for times that are ahead, Lord. You, you are you're faithful like that, God, even when we're not. Holy Spirit, please help us. Please change our hearts To desire you above all else. To see you as our treasure, our store, our firm foundation. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.